0: Welcome to the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. It's terrific to be with you guys today. Uh, another beautiful day here in the South. Um, and uh, I, I said it with my northern accent, but uh, it's still great to be down here. Uh, it'll be nice when when fall comes, however, David. I'm looking forward to that. I don't know when that will be. I think it looks like Saturday is when we hit fall finally. The temperature will dip to the 70s, um, which will be kind of nice. Um, there is a lot going on in America today, David, uh, but I want to start our show by reminding everybody of the nightmare that is in Puerto Rico. Um, Puerto Rico was literally destroyed uh, by Hurricane Maria. Uh, it was hit by that Category 4 storm, and I was reminded today that it was only a Category 4 storm by one mile per hour. One more have been Category 5. Uh, Yesterday, President Trump decided to blame uh, the poor infrastructure in Puerto Rico for the destruction. Uh, clearly the man lives in a clueless uh, reality uh, where nobody matters but himself. Uh, I would encourage everybody to go to, uh, um, the web, uh, to find locations to donate, uh, for the aid that will be necessary to build, uh, rebuild Puerto Rico. Uh, you know, David, we, uh, we talk a lot about immigration to America. Puerto Ricans, of course, are United States citizens. However, there are 3 million of them. And if they all decided, you know what, I'm off this island today, do you know where they go? To the rest of the United States. Uh, and uh, if you think uh, 65,000 women and children on the border are a crisis in any given year, wait till 3 million people decide to move, move to the mainland uh, all essentially at one time. Uh, so we, we owe it to ourselves. We owe it to the citizens of Puerto Rico uh, to help rebuild that island uh, and to get it back into shape, um, rather than blaming the political leadership, uh, let's let's focus on the people uh, and do what's right. Later in the podcast, I'll share with you a website that you can go to to donate. You can also uh, go to my uh, my own Facebook page uh, where you can see the information about donating for Puerto Rico. It is uh, it is a human tragedy and and should not happen in the United States. I am glad to see the FEMA is on the ground uh, and uh, appears to be getting funding for this. Uh, but it is a crisis far larger than what hit Houston, far, far larger than hit Florida, uh, and uh, for a government that was ill prepared for it. Uh, but the force of that storm was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. And uh, to have friends, many friends whose family are still uh, out of touch. Uh, And uh, it is by the grace of God that there were not more loss of life. But given the unnatural consequences of this hurricane, uh, the lack of power, the lack of uh, potable water, 60% of the island does not have potable water. Uh, There is essentially no electricity outside of generators. Uh, There is uh, very little food on the island. Uh, And so uh, as well as the transportation within the island itself is basically... um, uh, uh incomplete at this point. Uh so encourage everybody not only to remember them in their prayers, praying's great but praying doesn't fill bellies. Uh only money and food can do that. So uh there'll be lots of fundraisers coming up here and of course going online. Uh I think is vital vitally important. Well thanks David for allowing me to do that. Uh I have just seen way too much uh devastation this year. Uh we just uh, we in America can do can do so much more. Uh today today's show is really focused on the various versions of the Dream Act, uh, President uh, Trump put into uh, into the crosshairs 800,000 young men and women, 800,000 young men and women uh, who had been living their lives peacefully, who had been making massive contributions to the American economy. 91% of them were were in, uh, were actually working uh another 46% were actually in school uh it was a by every single measure a wildly successful program um and uh, while you might not have liked how president obama put it into place trust me a lot of us on this side of the aisle uh who help immigrants all the time were not pleased either um uh, but at the same time uh, to literally yank it out from under these kids, for nothing more than political purposes, uh, is is uh, nothing short of immoral. Uh, that leads us to where we are, uh, which are, which are competing versions of the Dream Act in the uh, in the Senate. Uh, there are anti-immigration forces that want to take advantage of this moment uh, and uh, literally uh, crush the American economy and the American immigration immigrant experience. Uh, and there are those who uh, see what is right and just and moral and, and want to move forward. Uh, a great poll did come out yesterday, though, that said 86 percent. Think about this, David. 86 percent of the American people favor a clear passage of the DREAM Act. 86 percent. Less than 50 percent of Americans want to get rid of Obamacare, but we've had 60 votes on that. Uh, why can't we have a vote on the Dream Act? Well, first of all, of course, it's what is the Dream Act? Uh, w- the Dream Act is meant to replace DACA and give a long-term solution uh, to the uh, um, to these kids. So let's let's take a look at it. The very the first Dream Act introduced this session was actually introduced by uh, Senators Durbin. And Graham, uh, as well as uh, a number of other bipartisan uh, senators. If you took the DREAM Act today and you put it on the floor of the United States Senate, it would pass. It has more votes than, uh, than Graham's other bill, the health care bill, which is going to go down. And it would easily pass um, and would not be filibustered. It would not be. It would pass with more than 60 votes today. So what is the DREAM Act of 2017? All right. Uh, section 3 of the DREAM Act says this. Um, and we're going to get into the numbers here in a second. But the secretary shall cancel the removal and grant lawful permanent residence on a conditional basis to a person who is inadmissible or deportable from the United States or who is in protected temporary, temporary protected status. Who? One. Has been continuously physically present in the U.S. for four years preceding the date of enactment. So it's enacted tomorrow, then we're talking, let's say, October 1, 2013. and thirteen. Right. Two, was 17 years old or younger on the initial date of entry into the United States. So it would protect people who were today, you know, they, they could be much older, uh, but certainly they would have to be... Um, uh, Uh, of that date and age when they came into country, You came in 17 years in one day, you're not eligible. Next, is not inadmissible on any of the following grounds. Now, criminal, what that means is you haven't committed uh, an aggravated felony, you you don't have any drug offenses, and you haven't committed a crime involving moral turpitude. You're not inadmissible for security and terrorism. Good. Smuggling, which gets to, to the issue of what smuggling really is. Student visa abuse, that means you fraudulently use a student visa uh, in the United States. Ineligibility for citizenship, which, by the way, covers every other ground of removal. Polygamy, thank goodness. Uh, we don't want all the polygamists coming into the country. International child abduction or unlawful voting. Now, you know, unlawful voting goes to the issue. Are, is there any unlawful voting going in America? I don't know many undocumented immigrants who have voted. Uh, maybe there are a few, but certainly nothing uh, approaching what Donald Trump thinks. Next, has not participated in persecution. Next, has not been convicted of one. Now, this goes into the criminal grounds, but they made it more specific. Any federal or state offense punishable by a term of imprisonment of more than one year, so that would be a felony, uh, other than a state offense, which the essential element is a person's immigration status. So if a felony, you're out. Any one felony, you're toast. Punishable. No, it doesn't matter what you were punished, but punishable. Or three or more federal or state offenses, other than which are state, offenses, other than essentially which aliens' immigration is. When that would go to, let's say, shoplifting or a simple battery uh, or uh, trespassing. Those, those would be state offenses, for which the person was convicted on different dates and imprisoned for an aggregate of ninety days or more. And so, basically, if you've got misdemeanors, you're probably going to be okay. What is not excluded there are DUIs. DUIs typically are punished by a year or less in jail on a first offense. So DUIs are going to be okay. Now, David, I was thinking about this. Um, I mean, I've never, I know since I don't drink, it's hard for me to drink and drive, but I don't want to take drugs and drive either. Um, you've been around a little bit longer than I have. Um, DUIs. Multiple DUIs are a sign of alcoholism. Uh, are a sign of care, uh, more than carelessness, they're a sign of intentional disregard. Is a single DUI the same thing? What do you think?
1: You know, there's a time I probably had an opinion, and uh, you know, we've all had friends that
0: uh, I've had two friends killed, think. two of my best friends were killed in a drunk driving accident.
1: Yeah, well, uh, I think the older you get, the wiser you get. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a time when uh, I might have had a drink and got behind the wheel, but not anymore.
0: No. So, I mean, it, it, you can you can do a stupid thing, especially when you're young, without an intentional disregard of life. It's just stupid. As you get older, then it becomes far more intentional at that point. I agree with you, and I, and that's why I like this approach where it doesn't, rule out with a DUI cutoff. If you have a DUI, you're toast. You're gone. You're history. Uh, because what I see in youth, and we've all been young at some point, we've all done stupid things. Um, some of us have done far more stupid things than others.
1: No, by the way, I might add that uh, it's even more serious in the military. A, uh, well, a DUI get you kicked out? and of- commander of and I can't go into detail, uh, but recently, a commander in Europe that was about to even be promoted higher than what he mm-hmm. was in his particular area of expertise uh, was stopped. And uh, if you're in the military and you get a DUI, you're in deep trouble. It's a big per- deal, it's particularly a big deal. if you're an officer.
0: I would imagine if you're an officer, and, so. Uh,
1: he, he has lost his career.
0: Yeah, and and, and and I don't have a problem with that once you're older. And w- while the same damage can be done by a young person as an old person, there's essentially, you, you said the key word, wisdom, an essential element there. Uh, you have to know that you just literally, especially in today's age, when you can literally go on your phone and call a car that will be there in minutes to pick you up, there's literally no excuse for driving to the today. All right. So next, you also must be admitted to an institution of higher education. So you must be going to something beyond high school or have graduated from high school or obtained a GED or high school diploma or be enrolled in secondary school or in an education program assisting students in obtaining a high school diploma or in passing a GED or equivalent exam. That last thing is a lot like DACA, by the way. So... Uh, the Secretary, uh, this is uh, ICE, Immigration, U.S.S. US, may also waive in, select inadmissibility bars for humanitarian purposes, family unit, or if the waiver is in public interest. Shall, the Secretary shall evaluate, expunge convictions on a case-by-case basis according to the Nature and Severity of Defense shall cancel the removal and grant conditional permanent residence status to any person who granted DACA unless the person has engaged in conduct that will make him ineligible for DACA. So DACA automatically part of the DREAM Act and well as maybe a million other people. Uh, the secretary may require a person applying for this to pay a reasonable fee. Uh, you have to submit your biometric and biographic data to the government as part of the application process. There'll be a massive security check when applying for conditional status. You have to get a medical exam to apply for this. You must be registered for selective service. Um, And uh, the continuous physical presence for a person who applies for this does not terminate upon service of a notice to appear, which is great. Uh, excluding travel authorized by the Secretary. Within the preceding four years, a person cannot have departed from the U.S. for any period longer than 90 days. So you could have traveled, uh, even, even left, or maybe even been deported from the United States and come back in. Uh, you may not remove a person, so they cannot be in deportation proceedings, who's prima facie eligible for ca- cancellation removal under this provision. Um, you get a reasonable opportunity to reply for relief uh, under this provision if you're prima facie eligible. For children enrolled in school who are at least five years old who would be eligible for relief, removal shall be stayed. Um, And there's no numerical limitations. This is a, David, a very, very broad relief. Uh, It's designed to solve a problem. It's designed to ensure that nobody with any serious criminal conduct, and certainly nobody that is a danger to the United States benefits from it uh, and we know from our experience with DACA that it is an, a, an exceptionally good thing for the U.S. economy uh, Section 4 says that this conditional residence good for 8 years uh, if you commit a crime or get, do something that violates, your, violates it you can be put into deportation per status and then you go back to your old status and ultimately go to deportation proceedings at the end of the 8 years You have your conditions. Now, this is very similar, David, to the EB-5 conditional residence for immigrant investors. It's very similar to the marriage-based conditional residence. Both of those are only two years. This is for eight years. Um, You have to show at the end of those eight years that um, you haven't left the United States, that you've gotten a degree or completed two years in good standing in a bachelor's program or two years in military service or been employed uh, for at least uh, three years, uh, and at least 75% of the time they've had a work authorization. So there's this employment context to be involved. So it requires you to stay in school. It requires you to go to the military. It requires you to get a degree. Uh, it requires you to, to work. All of those are legitimate and good requirements to remove the conditions. Let's take a break here, and we'll come back to talk about the uh, Senator Durbin and Senator Graham's Dream Act on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio.
2: Si usted tiene problemas con inmigración o asuntos que tiene que arreglar, llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos en su lado. Tenemos más de 50 años de experiencia haciendo las leyes de inmigración y defendiendo a los inmigrantes. Llámenos hoy a las 404-816-8611, a las 404-816-8611 o al www.immigration.net.
1: This is Lawyer Liz. Join me each week as we discuss drones, the Internet of Things, and all the technology in between. It's Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, Wednesdays at 2.
0: Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e verifying in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200 or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net
1: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the Americas Broadcast Network.com Thank you for listening.
0: Welcome back to the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. David, we've been talking about the Dream Act, but before I go, I want to remind people that if you want to donate to help Puerto Rico, go to unidosporpuertorico.com. So it's UNIDOS, unidos, which means united in Spanish, POR, P O R, which means for, and Puerto Rico, which means Puerto Rico.com. Uh, and you can donate there. This is money that goes, uh, that it's a nonprofit. It's uh, uh, directed by the First Lady of Puerto Rico. Uh, in collaboration with the private sector. So the money is not going to politicos, it's going to direct relief uh, of the hurricane. And um, yeah, keep in mind, Puerto Rico was also hit by Hurricane uh, uh, Irma. I mean, b- before it hit the mainland, it hit Puerto Rico. Uh, then it was a glancing blow, but it still knocked out power. There were people without power from that that then got hit by Hurricane Maria, which dri- passed directly on top of, uh, of, the, of the of the island. So Unidos por Puerto Rico, it is sponsored by lots of large multinationals. There's lots of money going into that. This is an opportunity for you to, to help uh, our friends and our family and our fellow Americans in Puerto Rico, and I would urge you to do that, unidosporpuertorico.com. Going back to the Dream Act Day, we were talking about you have to get your conditions removed. So eight years on, you have to show that you've had at least two years in good standing towards some diploma or higher degree program. I would like to see this, David, also include a tech school. I'd like to see it a little more specific. I have a young man I, that I've gone to church with, a really terrific kid. And I said, what are your plans for when you graduate? He asked Doc, I said, well, I don't really want to go to college. I want to be a welder. <laughs> I thought to myself you're going to make a lot more welding than a lot of people are with a bachelor's degree. It's a very wise choice. Uh, but, you, do, you know, you don't just become a welder. Hey, here's a blowtorch, kid. Good luck. I mean, uh, truly great welding requires a, a serious apprenticeship, a serious education. Um, and so hopefully this will be changed to include that. Uh, but think in mind, It's an eight-year period to remove conditions. And during those eight years, you must have gotten a degree of some kind after, after high school have completed two years of military service. Now, David, help me with this. If I enroll in the U.S. military, um, what is my commitment? As just a guy coming out of high school, what do I commit to? I don't know. Four years. You, it's four years. I don't know. So it's not two years anymore. Used to, didn't it used to be two years back in the day? That was when they were, they were. That that was it was coercive enrollment in the military, right? It was two years. I, I don't remember, but I I, I thought I mean my my kid my friends in high school that joined the military they were I think. Drafted. It was two years. I think even in the, in the 80s though, it was, even if you en- enlisted, it was only for two years. I know certainly my dad was, was drafted. And I think he was drafted. I have to go back and check whether was drafted or not, but he only served two years back in the 50s. But now it's four years minimum. So if you enlisted in the military, you're in for four years. Now, if you enlisted, you get, you become a private when you leave basic training, right? Uh, within those four years, what, what would you expect a normal, average, everyday guy or gal to be? Well, let's forget OCS. You're just an a- average, ordinary guy. What do you expect to be at the end of the four years? Are you still private, or do you become something else?
1: Uh, in four years, uh, en- enlisted.
0: Enlisted personnel. Out,
1: yeah, probably come out as B-5, uh,
0: maybe, sergeant. So maybe you get a sergeant in about four years. So, But obviously not everybody does, obviously, because otherwise we'd have a million sergeants running around in the United States. So a lot of guys stay...
1: Different kinds of there,
0: five. Okay, how many l- different levels of private are there as a, as a non military guy? Yeah, private and
1: then PFC. Private, private first, class, first class, that I knew, okay. Then you go to, uh, they, they've gotten away from a corporal that used to be two stripes now. Clinger!
0: Stripes. None now of Clinger. Now
1: it's spec four. Okay. PFC, PFC is an E3. Okay. Uh, spec 4 is an E4. Okay. Sergeant or Spec 5 is an E5. Okay, and then there's five levels of sergeant in there. Yeah, I, know, I can't remember. You got <clears throat> staff sergeant. And enlisted
0: personnel max out at the highest level of sergeant? Is that how that works?
1: Oh, uh, if you, yeah, if you became whatever, the, I can't remember. the. Uh, but they're more rare than generals.
0: <laughs> we all know that. We all know that. So if you get enlisted in the military, this is for two years, but you're not – I mean, I guess you join the military. Well, this is inherent in this is you get to join the military, and that will make a lot of kids happy that I know. Uh, and so you, you could – at year six, you could then join the military at that point. Now, what's interesting here, and I didn't see this in the first part, is you must have come in before the age of 17 – and before four years from now, let's say 2013. So let's say you were as a one-year-old and you came in in 2013. So far, I haven't seen an age cutoff. Um, that means eight years later, you're still, gonna be, you're still only going to be 12. So there's no way you could have completed these requirements at that point. Um, and uh, so I'm, I'm a little confused so far. We'll have to go through the more detail about this. Um, Hardships exception. So okay, even if you don't meet these criteria, oh, let's say you have a disability. This is what I was thinking about. What if you're disabled? What if you have issues? Caregiver money, Let's say you're a mom. Um, you you don't want to you know force people to go work that you know are caring for their family, um, and you can show extreme hardship, then you can stay. Um, you also have to be able to at the end of the eight years. And this is this is this is a stupid requirement because I don't see this as an issue. Uh, You must be able to read, write, and speak English, demonstrate knowledge and understanding of the fundamentals of history, principles and form of government, uh, unless they can't meet those for a disability. Uh, They get to pay a reasonable fee to process that. Who knows what a reasonable fee is at that point? Right now, a reasonable fee is $1,225. Another background check. And you can um, then apply for naturalization after your conditions are removed. So in order to prove all this, you have to have documents establishing identity. This is interesting, David. I'm in the middle of a fight right now. You know, to get a driver's license in Georgia, you have to have an ID of some kind uh, before you can get the ID for the state of Georgia. So typically that might be uh, for a foreign national passport. Venezuela is not giving passports out to people in the United States. They said, you need to come back to Venezuela well to get your passport. So your passport's expired. Now in Georgia, you can't, really, you can't get a driver. Even if you're elite, let's say you're on a work visa. Let's say you're um, uh, uh, in school. You literally can't get a driver's license because your own government will not give you a passport, and yours is expired. So I'd like to see some sort of, you know, again, for every law, there needs to be at least somebody looking at possible exceptions. Okay, what if? And as lawyers, we're, dis- we're trained to look at the what if situation. Area. So, you got documents establishing your identity, documents showing your continuous physical presence, documents establishing when you came in the United States, uh, documents showing admission to a college or university, documents about a high school or GED, uh, uh, if you want to be exempt from application fees and to show that you have no money, uh, hardship exemption, employment, uniform services, uh, and uh, it gives the DHS 90 days in which to publish regulations to apply for this process. So once they pass it, I would expect their, it would go into final enactment, final rules, within six months, uh, which would be good. Um, so information provided in the DACA applications or provided in this act cannot be used for immigration enforcement purposes. Important. Uh, individuals granted DACA uh, shall not be referred uh, if they're... Um, um, for, not for for investigation of persecution of felony not related to immigration status. That's just a you immigrant know, DACA. Maybe share. Okay, shall not be referred to ICE. They may be shared with law enforcement personnel. So, if um, you use fake documents to uh, to uh, uh, get this benefit, they're going to refer you to the police, the cops, but not to ICE. But if you're convicted, of course, then you get referred to ICE. Um, and uh, also, it also allows, and this is actually I think one of the greater things about this, uh, removes the, requ- uh, the, bene- the, the law that penalizes states that grant in-state tuition to undocumented students on the basis of residency. So in-state tuition would be eligible for these kids. This is a DREAM Act. This, um, this, I think, is um, probably the best bill that could possibly pass. It's, it's the best because you're not going to get Republicans signing on to anything less than this. So uh that is the uh, that is the uh, the act uh that we really would like to see them come forward on. Now, if we now switch over to the Bridge Act, the Bridge Act um is uh is is really just um it is a bridge going forward um uh that uh, allows people who are eligible for DACA to continue living in the United States until you can pass the DREAM Act. So it's uh it came out in April, it was designed to allow people to continue living in the country with permission of the federal government. Um it was introduced both in the House and the Senate in the House it's by Dick Durbin and Cindy Graham in the House uh by Mike Coffin, Republican uh, and seven other House bipartisan House members. Um And what the Bridge Act does is um, carries people over uh, to hopefully get to the DREAM Act. So the Bridge Act makes it possible for people who meet certain requirements to apply for and receive receive provisional protected presence and work authorization. Uh, It's provisional. It's good for three years. Um, and it's essentially the same requirements as DACA. So the idea would be that if they couldn't get the DREAM Act passed, that they would put the BRIDGE Act on the floor to protect the kids during the process that they're negotiating the DREAM Act. So the BRIDGE Act is just that. Uh, it's designed to uh, really just make these kids uh, um, legally here one stock expires. Uh, and I think as we get closer to the date in which, uh, the DREAM Act is not getting passed, that we'll see a real movement to push the DREAM Act on the floor, uh, and go forward. Uh, let's take a break here on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio.
2: Si usted ha casado con un O tiene problemas con inmigración. o tiene una oferta of de trabajo. Llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos en su lado, con más de 10 años de experiencia en la ley de inmigración. Conocemos la ley y sabemos cómo ayudarle. Llámanos hoy a las 404-8168611. A las 404-816861. O visítenos al ww.immigration.net.
1: Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like.
0: Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, Or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net.
2: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
0: Welcome back to the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. So we're another plug for Puerto Rico. If uh, you haven't already, go to your phone and go to U- Unidos for Puerto Rico or United for Puerto Rico. You can Google either one, United for Puerto Rico or Unidos por Puerto Rico.com, and uh, donate via PayPal. Uh, the account number is there. Uh, and it's uh, really an initiative by the First Lady of Puerto Rico, Beatriz Roselló. Uh, in collaboration with the private sector, provide uh, aid and support for those affected by uh, the passage of Hurricane Irma and Hurricane Maria. Uh, and um, it's funny, I know Latinos whose names are Irma and Maria. So, Does,
1: is she the uh, governor's wife? Governor's
0: uh, wife. Yes, the first lady of Puerto Rico.
1: He looks like he's about
0: twelve years. Twenty <laughs> twelve years old. Yeah, yeah, he's a young-looking guy. Um, uh, and uh, it's. Uh, you know, if you go to the website, the, the destruction is just just stunning, just stunning in Puerto Rico. You you saw the flooding, of course, in Houston. Then you see all the volunteers come in and take care of stuff, and that will continue for the next couple months. It's really hard to send volunteers to Puerto Rico. It's a very different situation, and it's really going to be up to the professionals down there until you can get – you know, some cruise lines saying, hey, we'll take a 1,000 people to Puerto Rico, we'll leave Miami tomorrow at 10 o'clock, be on the boat, it'll take us six hours or eight hours to get to Puerto Rico, and we'll bring you back on Sunday afternoon. I mean, you know, I'd like to see some cruise companies do, you know, pitch in here. They all stop in Puerto Rico, and they're not, you're not going to do anything in Puerto Rico any, anymore i like to see this you know, be a much greater effort uh, to get regular U.S. folks who want to help, and there's lots of us that do, to get down to Puerto Rico, but you can't hop on a plane to go. Uh, and uh, there were stories this morning from NBC, uh, the people literally sleeping at the airport, which has no air conditioning, waiting for a flight out with their kids, three, four days, no air conditioning, no food, no water. It's... It is a refugee situation at this point for parts of Puerto Rico, and I would encourage people to really open their eyes to this. Um, so looking at the House of Representatives uh, and uh, the DREAM Act that's there, uh, the House bill is, uh, is uh, basically the same as the DREAM Act uh, sponsored by um, uh, the... Uh, uh, the the Graham folks over on the other side, but it, it's a little bit different uh, in this respect. And we're going to pull that up here, uh, so we can all take a look at this um, and really get to know uh, what um, uh, what is happening uh, as far as the difference between the two and why one perhaps is better than the other. Um, the uh, the version in the House bill. Uh, let me pull it up here. Uh, is um, uh, sponsored by uh, uh, Representative Roybal-Allard, uh, as long as well as uh, several other uh, folks, and allows basically for the adjustment of status uh, of uh, individuals uh, to. Um, uh, to uh, permanent status in the United States. Let's take a look at the text of this bill. This is House uh, Bill 3440, uh, and it does the following. It's called the Dream Act of 2017. Uh, I want to look at the... Co- there are 200, David, co-sponsors of this bill. Now, this particular bill is a Democratic-sponsored bill. i take a look at the co-sponsors here. Let's see how many... We got a, we've got a number of Republicans on this bill. Um, looks like uh, at least two, <laughs> three, five, so we've probably got a half a dozen Republicans uh, as co-sponsors on this bill, and every Democrat in the House, they have 200, um, which means they could easily pick up 18 more votes for this bill, there's simply no doubt about it. Uh, they are in the process, by the way, of uh, of doing what's called a petition for discharge, and if they get a majority... I think they get a majority of signatures, there has to be a vote on the House floor as part of, part of this. Uh, so this bill um, uh, talks about uh, obtaining, again, um, uh, the uh, permanent residence for individuals uh, who came in the United States. So this bill, uh, again, says any period... Oh, let's go back here. Let's go to, to, to Section 3. All right, so... Um, Go back here. Anybody who's been a DACA recipient is automatically approved for this status. So, notwithstanding any provision of the law, a foreign national shall be considered at the time of obtaining permanent residence to be conditional. So, they must have been physically present in the United States since the date that is four years before this date, uh, younger than eighteen years younger than eighteen years of age. This is difference between this bill and bill. This bill's bigger, and it t- it to anybody who's a minor. Whereas the uh, Graham bill is anybody who's 17 or under, this is probably going to add another couple hundred thousand people to eligibility. Uh, anybody who's a minor came in not- United States four years before the date of enactment of the bill. Uh, they cannot have persecuted anybody. They can't be inadmissible to the same grounds. Can't be convicted of uh, of one felony or three misdemeanors where they're actually imprisoned for 90 days. Um, they uh, must be in 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 college, have a high school degree, or in the process of getting a degree, or enrolled in high school, or in a program to get a GED. Um, so there's some waivers for that. Uh, expunged convictions uh, are are looked at on a case by case basis. So if cases, this is where it gets really immigration is really weird. We've talked about this before, David. An expunged conviction is still a conviction for immigration purposes. Which is a problem because under state law, a lot of a lot of defense lawyers, oh, you know, just plead guilty and then you'll be expunged and you don't have to, never have to talk about it again; it'll just go away. That's not true for immigrants. and So what this says is we're going to treat these people the same as we treat everybody else, kind of, and we're going to look at each expunged conviction on a case by case basis. So um, they can charge, but if they're under eighteen, they can be exempted if uh, they make less than one hundred fifty percent of poverty level income. They're exempted from the fee. They're in foster care. They're from the fee. Um, they're homeless, they're in a, in, 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 uh, in, uh, exempted from the fee. If they're disabled, they, they're exempted from the fee. Um, if they are um, in debt of more than $10,000, they're exempted from the fee. That's kind of interesting. Um, and uh, they have to get biometrics. They have to go through the background check. They have to get a medical exam. They have to register for selective service. Uh, the continuous period of, uh, of, of permanent residence under this program. Uh, let's see what the time frame is for getting this. Conditional residence. Uh, so far, this is what I love about reading the, these bills, is you have to kind of guess where all this stuff is. So, shall, terms of condition, okay, shall for a period of eight years, all right? End of the eight years, you come forward apply to remove your conditions. Um, uh, you have to show that you have um, not abandoned your residence, you've been in the military for two years, um, uh, and if you're discharged, you have an honorable discharge, you've got a higher degree, uh, in good standing in a bachelor's or higher program. So this is, this is actually a problem that I have with it. Uh, employed for three years at 70% of the time. Uh, except that when you're in school or enrolled in higher education, secondary school, or education program described, should not count the time required. So you basically you've got to. I would love to see them add in here, David. Some again, some level of um, vocational training. Uh, not everybody can have a bachelor's degree in sociology. Uh, we don't need more sociologists running around. We we probably could do with a few more carpenters, and welders, and plumbers. Uh, David, I'm in the process of, of redoing my house. In my basement I, It was unfinished when we bought the house, and uh, it's interesting. I was talking to the young man who was doing electrical work. He's a Latino kid, uh, born here in the United States. And I said, "So, where'd you learn to do this?" He said, "Well, I went to a trade school for like a year, and I got I got this job about three years ago, and I'm learning how to do this. You know, so it's pretty cool being. There. I mean, I think that that that's really what we need more of, uh, because you can't build a tech economy. Without tech. Yeah, you need people to think the big thoughts, but somebody needs to put the wires to the, to the circuit board as well. So you need that kind of stuff too. Uh, and ultimately you can apply for citizenship in the United States uh, uh, after going through the removal of conditions process. You have the same types of documents that you're going to need. Uh, so generally speaking, except for just those couple things we pointed out, uh, the DREAM Act in the House, which is HR, uh 3440 hr 3440 and has 200 co-sponsors uh is um uh certainly uh close to if if Dryden really wanted to do it being put on the floor now the dream act in the senate is senate bill 1615 1615 1615, 1615 uh and uh you can you can go with that as part of a part of the process now uh, there have been other bills introduced in the, in the uh, Senate and that were introduced yesterday. This was called the Success Act. Uh, and uh, this was introduced by the conservative faction uh, of, the, uh, of the Republican uh, folks in the, in the Senate. Um, I'm trying to pull up here the Success Act uh, and uh, see if we can get the actual reading of the wording of the Success Act. Uh, it uh, it says basically uh, this. Uh, here we go. Giving on a political last night. And um, looks like Orrin Hatch, who was one of the original sponsors of their first DREAM Act, uh, Lankford and Tom Tillis uh, call this the Succeed Act a conservative proposal to legislatively replace the DREAM Act because apparently Lindsey Graham is not a conservative. Um, and they say the bill is more GOP friendly vision for the fate of young documented immigrants in the United States. A more GOP friendly version. David, when they say that, what does that sound like to you? That they could get. The thing is, the DREAM Act that, that Graham and, and Durbin put forward doesn't need more GOP support. It has GOP support. This is designed to lessen. The number—it's very simple. This will design to lessen the number of people who would be eligible, and and really what they're trying to do with this Success Act is try to get the Success Act and the Dream Act before the same uh, same committee, and then merge them and bring out the take out probably the most favorable parts of the Dream Act and put in the worst parts of the Success Act and come out with one bill. That's what they're trying to do, and we'll see. Um, how this goes. Um, He said, uh, by the way, Langford said, President Trump was very supportive of the concept behind the bill. Uh, We'll take hits on the far left saying we're saying we're not getting them to citizenship soon enough, or you'll take it on the far right saying you've you've, you've even given them an opportunity to pursue citizenship. Uh, So this bill is uh, really quite interesting. Uh, I'm going to pull up... um, uh, You've got the DREAM Act. Uh, we've got Flake, uh, Murkowski, Gardner supporting the DREAM Act, um, and uh, as well as they were co-sponsors along with uh, Murkowski. Um, but Republicans are a concern that the DREAM Act is too close to each other with Democrats and thus would struggle to attract substantial number of GOP lawmakers. And that really does what it gets down to, David. Repub- the GOP has to look good here. They can't make it look like the Democrats won. Um, so instead of doing what's right by these kids, to them it's all about perception, how they're perceived, how they might lose their next election. I, and I will mention, David, my representative in the House of Representatives has still not said whether she supports the DREAM Act. Karen Handel, are, are you alive? Are you out there anywhere? Um Anywhere. Do you have any idea what's going on in America today? Uh, David, stop shaking your head no. <laughs> stop shaking your head no. It is embarrassing to be represented by a person who seems to be so out of touch with the issues of the day and the people who live in her district. Just like she still does, quote, town halls, by the way, but only with people who agree with her. So they're friendly. She won't go out and do town halls anywhere else. A friend of mine is running for Congress over in the in the seventh district in Gwinnett County, and he has done uh, forty-five public meetings so far. Forty-five public meetings. That's what we need from representatives. Let's take a break here on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio.
2: Soy Charles Cook, el jefe del grupo de abogados Cook Immigration Partners. Estoy en su lado, con más de 20 años de experiencia con la ley de inmigración. Conozco cómo ayudarle. Sé la ley. Y sé que alguna gente podemos ayudar. Llámanos hoy a las 404-816-80611. A las 404-816-80611. O visitenos en el internet. www.immigration.net.
1: Whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy, or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune
0: in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on americaswebradio.com. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net.
1: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
0: Welcome back to the uh, Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. Uh, It is uh, always a pleasure. Today we're talking... Um, about uh, uh, the, the, the dream acts the versions of the dream acts that are out there uh, and uh, it's um, what's interesting about this is this newest version called the succeed act uh, is um, how shall we say uh, v- much more restrictive uh, than the dream act so let's take a look at this uh, the succeed act which doesn't have a bill number yet that I'm aware of. I can't find it uh, on on uh, online at Thomas. The Solution for Undocumented Children through Careers, Employment, Education, and Defending Our Nation Act. So why isn't it called Succeed? I'm just saying, David. They left the N out. Succeed. That's what it should be, right? So an alien enlistee. Oh my gosh, an alien. Why don't we just call them? Americans, uh, a conditional permanent resident seeks to comply with the requirements of enlistment in service. Here's what I don't get, David. If you enlist in the U.S. military and you complete basic training, you can get sworn in as a U.S. citizen. You, you don't need. It's my as I understand it, you don't need this bill to become a U.S. citizen. So if you can get into the United States military as a conditional resident when you complete basic, you raise your right hand and you're a United States citizen. So I, I don't understand why they. Are going to make this requirement to remove, it doesn't make any sense at all, Um, uh, let's see here, Uh, we go through the conditional residence, federal public benefits stuff, so here we go, the secretary may cancel the removal of an alien, you know David, you keep using these rules, these words, cancel of removal, do you know what I'm talking about when I say that? Yeah, that's, that's, that's why people are going to get lost on this literally very first thing, cancellation of removal is a term of art in immigration law. A term of art in the legal world means words that have meaning in in their context beyond what you would normally use in a normal conversation. But let's say it like this. Today, cancellation of removal is done by an immigration judge who literally, for somebody who is in removal or deportation proceedings, it's the same thing, can cancel that removal and grant permanent residence under certain limited circumstances. So cancelling removal is a term of art. It's a, it's a legally defined term. basically says I'm going to take somebody who is otherwise deportable and I'm going to make them a permanent resident under certain circumstances. Cancel removal. So cancelling removal has somebody who has been physically present in the U.S. for a period since June 5, 2012. Now, why June 5, 2012? Because that's the day DACA was created. So anybody that came in after that date, and there probably would be Several hundred thousand kids who came in after that date—they're out of luck. So once again, we—we we, instead of solving the problem, we create another problem. So that's the very first. Just first, instead of going four years back, which makes a lot of sense, they set up an arbitrary date and time. You know, this one happens to be over five years ago. Happens to be five years ago. Uh, you had to be younger than 16 years of age when you entered the country. This is DACA, and younger than 31. On the on that date, Is that, these are DACA requirements. Okay, those are DACA requirements. I get it. And if those are the requirements, there's about one and a half million people. So you're gonna you're gonna instantly leave a million people off the table. A million people are off the table. All right. Um, next requirement: you must be 18 years of age or older. If you're older than 18, the person has, while in the U.S., earned a high school degree or diploma has been admitted to college, or is serving in the U.S. military. Well, you know, that's gonna protect the 300 or so DACA kids in the U.S. military. If you're younger than 18, you have to be in primary or secondary school, enrolled in the program, and this will allow children too young to apply for DACA to be eligible for CPR. Well, that's true. I mean, kids came in at, at one year old prior to 2012, yeah, they're going to be able to I mean it, it, it increases by 5 the number of people that can come, 5 years of people come in. Okay, has been a person of good moral character from the time they entered the US. That means they can't be an habitual drunker drunkard, can't be a certain drug offender, they can't be a gambler, they can't have lied, they can't have been in jail for 180 days, they can't have an aggravated felony, can't have tortured anybody and they have to have good moral character. Um Next, they must have paid their taxes or be in a payment plan. They can't be inadmissible to the United States, uh, so not inadmissible on criminal grounds. Uh, they can't been convicted of any felony at the federal or state level, regardless of the sentence imposed. Now that's, that's a serious, serious issue, by the way. Um, and any combination of uh, federal or state for which your imprisonment of one year it can be sentenced for at least one year a significant misdemeanor and has never been on a final order of removal unless they remain under color of law. So there's, again, shrink, 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 shrink the number of people that can apply for this. Uh, they can waive the inadmissibility for health grounds, public charge, failure to appear for removal proceedings, but not for the criminal proceedings. This, by the way, means that a single DUI under this bill, you don't get the benefit. Maybe you were 18 years old. Maybe you're 21. You got a DUI because you're stupid. You did not harm anybody. You're just stupid. You're gun. The rest of your life is over because you made one single mistake on one single night of your life and driving while you had a drink. It just that, that, that seems to me something we should be able to, to to at least give somebody a second chance in that regard. Uh, expunged convictions are treated okay, the same as in the other bills, Okay, although no judicial reviews. Um, uh, and uh, you can be gone for a certain period of time you get, And here's what the difference is. You get your conditional status for five years um, after you turn the age of 18. Uh, you can work in the U.S. You can enlist in the military. You can travel um, without having to get a visa. You just can't be gone for longer than six months in total of those five years, unless you're in the U.S. military. Um, and at the end of the five years, you come back and you check in again to extend for another five years. Your conditional status and you have to show that you don't have any tax liabilities you haven't received federal public benefits which you can't do as a lpr but does that include college i mean you want these kids to go to college david are you going to give them a chance to get student loans i mean you can't require kids to go to college and then say i'm not going to give you any loans that doesn't that's not fair um and then you go for another five years and at the 10-year mark you file to remove your conditions and adjust your status. Um, and at that point, at the end of five years then, you can apply for uh, citizenship in the United States. Um, now, um, you can uh, never apply um, for your relatives if once while you're a conditional permanent resident, um, including being an LPR for purposes of helping your parent get, uh, get conditional status. Uh, So it doesn't bar you from a citizen in doing it. Uh, So this bill is a lot more restrictive, um, and uh, they can um, uh, ultimately uh, uh, become U.S. citizens, which is good. I think what will happen is you will see an amalgamation of this bill uh, with the DREAM Act, with the Dream Act in the House, what we want to avoid, David, is latching this bill to something like the Raise Act, which is just a you know an anti-immigrant uh, or device for David Perdue and uh, and his only co-sponsor, uh, uh, the dude from Oklahoma, Cotton, uh, to uh, to celebrate how wonderful they are and how kind they are by destroying the American economy for the next generation. Uh, but generally speaking, we these bills will only move forward if people who are listening to this podcast and our friends actually call their congressmen and demand that they have a vote. Every day or so, I tweet to Karen Handel and say, Karen, where are you on the DREAM Act? Where are you on the BRIDGE Act? Where are you? Karen, is anybody home? Hello? It's time to wake up. I think if you start, if we all start tweeting our congressmen and our senators and say, why aren't you supporting this? Why aren't you supporting this? Why aren't you supporting this? Why do you want to keep punishing children? Why do you want to keep punishing kids? Well, the parents made the choice to bring them here. True, because being here on was better than being in a situation back home where you couldn't provide food for your family. Let's get over that issue about why and how they came and focus on the fact that they're here, that they've grown up here, that they're part of our society and part of our economy. And a key part <coughs> to us <coughs> going forward as a country, and really fulfilling the ideals that we have. Here's one thing we do know, David. The demographics have changed dramatically in the United States and abroad. Uh, the numbers of undocumented immigrants coming in are substantially lower. And by the way, you will be seeing an article in the, in the Washington Post in the next day or so looking at the vastly, vastly lower numbers of deportations under the Trump administration than even the last years of the Obama administration. To date, ICE has only deported 211,000 2, people. Obama, in his last, in his worst year, deported 275. So what you're seeing is a lot of rhetoric, but not necessarily a lot of action. And I would love to see Congress finally deal with this, because I think that there are more important issues than immigration. I think there are more important issues facing this country. Uh, And immigration is so darn fixable. It's so darn fixable that it's a shame. It's a moral outrage that we just don't get on this and fix it. Because then if we fixed it, guess what we could do? We could end the show. We could just stop the show. David says, you don't want to stop the show. The show's a great show. Uh, We want to thank all our listeners. If you have any comments about today's show and that, for example, you didn't like something, Email David at David at America's Liberty. If you like the show, then you can email me at uh, chuck at immigration.net. Is that that's how it works, right, David? Sure. Sure. David likes that. So if you don't like the show, email David. If you do like the show, email me. If you'd love to be on the show in the future, you know I'll have anybody on the show. People are I think people are of afraid to go on the show. I think I'll embarrass them or something. I don't know. i, you're I mean. I, I'm not mean. I'm not mean. David, you are mean. I'm not mean. I'm the kindest person I know. Uh, outside of my wife and my kids and everybody that works for me and maybe even you. Uh, but I would love to have more people on the show. If you have an idea for a show, let us know. Uh, we, do, we do love our listeners and grateful that you, you follow us and grateful for the opportunity to talk about these issues, which are important to America and to the world. Uh, until next week, this is your host, Charles Cook, on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio.